0: Hey everyone, my name is Phil Santor and I'm on the Spark team leading our business development efforts. This was our fifth year doing TechTrack and we did something a bit different this year and partnered with the Ann Arbor District Library to record some conversations live during TechTrack. This conversation features Megan Zaremski of Vocker Chemical which is looking to do more and more work in the Ann Arbor area and Brooke Boyle of Engage which is uh, does a number of different things in the area, but one of those is called the Connector Program, which Brooke will get into in the conversation, uh, and talks a bit about how they both networked within Ann Arbor as newcomers to the area and sort of what that process life was like for each of them.
1: Hi, Hi Brooke. Hi. <laughs> so um, I get to meet an awful lot of people in the work mm-hmm. that I do. This is my first time doing it live. Yes. On a stage, yes. in front of people, we we got introduced like two weeks ago yep. via email. Yes. And then I said, "What if we don't actually meet each other and we just meet each other on stage? Because wouldn't that just be more fun?" Mm-hmm. And yep. You said, "I'm game. <laughs> yep. I'm game."
2: Yep. Yeah, but, I think uh, they did a good job in matching us. We have a lot of interests in common with yeah. the people. Um, that
1: that's uh, and and the talent of, of Phil Santer, mm-hmm. who, who is a connector mm-hmm. in the connector program with Engage yes. that put us together. And we did, we hit it off on the phone, but we tried not to talk about too much. Yeah. So, uh, but you talked on a stage
2: this morning. I did. Largest group I've ever spoken in front of. Was it? Yes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Did they read off your bio then too? So you've heard yourself twice? No. Nope. Just my name. You just got up there.
2: (laughs) My name and Vocker, yes. And
1: Vocker. Yes. Uh, So you talked about a more recent project Mm -hmm.
2: uh,
1: that you went to San Francisco
2: Yes, so I work for a global chemical company that's based in Germany, but we have offices in 34 countries, so we're definitely very much global. And they had a program that was open to any one of our 14,500 employees could apply for this program, Mm -hmm. so um, wide open. Any role, any country, it didn't matter. And they were planning to select 18 people to go to Silicon Valley for four weeks to learn about agile methods and how to develop new business models. And they wanted us to be in that area to really um, experience the culture of of startup, the startup scene, Uh, especially that was important for the Germans because they had not experienced walking out on the street or into a business, a grocery store, and talking to people, asking them questions Mm -hmm. and Getting responses. That's just like in the
1: customer discovery kind of.
2: Yes, phase. yes. Okay. If, if especially doing research on like a consumer product, walking okay. up to someone on the street, you cannot do that in Germany. People will stare at you and not answer your questions. So, so, was the, <laughs> so was the hope that a bunch of
1: employees from Germany would apply to the program and end up going?
2: It was. It was quite a variety. So th- we ended up having 19. Long story, but uh, I'm really glad that we did. So we had two teams of six and one team of seven. We were divided up into teams, uh, but it, it, less than half were German. We had three Americans, uh, two colleagues from China, one from Singapore, one from Sweden, one from Brazil. Uh, so it was truly a, a global, uh, global experience. Cool.
1: Yeah. And did you? Was there an application process for you to get to go? Yes. So how, what did you say, and, and that you got picked out of the fourteen? 14-
2: Yes. Thousand employees. Yeah, yeah, the application was left open. They just said, inspire us and show us why we should choose you, basically. Uh, so it was really wide open. And um, I, I talked about this in my talk today, but there were parts about my private life that I hadn't really revealed at work before. But I felt like this was the right opportunity to show that I do have a creative side, um, <clears throat> that I'm not just all science all the time or whatever. Uh, so I spoke about my um, my experience and involvement in the Burning Man community here in Ann Arbor in Michigan, and uh, going to Burning Man, as well as I take improv comedy classes at Pointless here in Ann Arbor. Do you? Yeah.
1: I have heard about Pointless. Yes, it's so much fun. I did improv in high school, <laughs> and it was just always inappropriate. Yeah. It, al- it always went to the wrong place. Like, actually doing it with grown-ups, I think, would yes, be really fun.
2: Yes, yes. I actually do it with my dad. Do you? Yes, yes. It's great. Great fun. Yeah. Um, and someone in the audience has taken improv with my husband as well. Um, yes, so much fun. So I talked about my extracurricular activities in okay. my application. I talked a little bit about my history at Vocker. I'd been with Vocker for thirteen years at that point. But it was really exciting to get selected based on talking about things that I had kind of hidden yep. to, up until that point of time. So I felt like I was being my true, authentic self and being accepted mm-hmm. and and even celebrated for that a little bit. So yeah. that was exciting.
1: So you were pitching yourself to get to go. Yes. But then you were split you ended up in three different teams. Yes.
2: And then we had to pitch our new business models to our executive board in Munich at the end of the program. Yeah. <laughs> that okay. was that was interesting as well. And there was there was there a winner? We didn't really know what would happen if there would be one winner, multiple winners, or just what. But the three teams pitched four ideas total to the board, and they supported three of them. So cool. three are moving wow. forward as projects, and uh, they're they're be- the projects are being run in different countries around the world. And the project that I worked on, we are working on here uh, in Michigan. So that's exciting. Cool.
1: Yeah. So I when uh, when. Phil first introduced us, I mm-hmm. thought that you were from San Francisco. So I right. immediately launched into a,
2: I was in the Bay Area, too, yeah. for a while. And
1: you, I think you were kind of like, well, that wasn't, I was visiting. Yes, yes. Because <laughs> um, I moved here five years ago. Mm-hmm. But you are not from. The transplant. Yeah, I I've you, actually yeah.
2: lived in Ann Arbor for 10 years now, which is the longest I've ever lived anywhere. So I really okay. consider it home. Right. And it feels much more like home than anywhere, anywhere else I've ever lived.
1: Do you, why? Do you know?
2: I grew up outside of Charleston, South Carolina, which yeah. is yeah, everybody loves to visit Charleston. It's a very nice place to visit. I was married but, in
1: Charleston. Yeah. And the whole we got the whole yeah, family yeah, yeah. No, nobody lived in South Carolina, yeah. but the whole family all traveled yes. for a destination wedding. Yes. So it was
2: perfect. Very nice. So nice place to visit. But I never yeah, really yeah, felt yeah. like I fit in there. It yeah.
1: Well it's a tourist it's a tourist town. Yeah. It's a retirement it is, prison, and it's retirement full area.
2: Of fancy people.
1: History. Yeah. <laughs> Fancy
2: food. I'm not a fancy person.
1: <laughs> so, sorry, so you're saying Ann Arbor's not fancy?
2: No, it's much more relaxed, and and I think people. I describe people in the Midwest are real nice. If someone's talking to you and being nice to you, it's genuine. And I even like the way that you said that.
1: I don't, yeah. I don't know if that's actually a Michigan thing or not, because I haven't been here long enough. But they're real nice. Yeah, actually has a little yeah, bit of a southern nice. Like, it's, it's not, not fake nice. Real
2: nice. People. Yeah, yeah. They're not just doing it because it's good manners.
1: <laughs> yeah, I uh, when I first moved here, um, I met the guy who was stocking produce at the grocery store mm-hmm. that was closest to our house, yeah. bushes uh, on the west side, and uh, and I felt like we weren't going to be best friends, but like I felt like I actually had a relationship with yeah. him as we talked. I don't I don't know wh- about what, uh-huh. and I that continued to be my experience in yeah. every interaction yeah. that I had. as people actually like when they said, "Hey, how are you doing?" They actually meant it or yes. when they said hi they made eye contact yep and you you actually said hello to each other and uh there's a there's a difference
2: it's yeah it's, it's on purpose yeah and I think here people don't make assumptions about your beliefs or your your life or lifestyle uh people are just open and fine with whatever it is they're not yeah. assuming yeah
1: yeah I uh, who, whomever listens to this podcast later, can't see what I'm wearing, but I'm in tennis shoes. It's Tech Trek Day, so it's mm-hmm. appropriate that I'm in shorts, absolutely, and and sneakers. It's also warm out, but I also have on a blazer mm-hmm. because we're on a stage today. Mm-hmm. But I think what is remarkable about Ann Arbor, it took a, a while for me to actually figure out how to dress here because it didn't matter. Yeah. It and and nobody really dressed up. You just kind of you yeah. sh- you showed up. Yeah. You the person whatever whoever you were whether it was a fancier dinner or not, mm-hmm. you, you saw the whole gamut of... Yeah.
2: See, that's the thing about Charleston. I felt like you had to have a sundress and high heels and oh. your hair all done up to go get a beer, and that's not me. <laughs> <laughs> Here, anything goes. Jeans, t-shirts, you're fine.
1: Yeah, I, I knew how to do layers in California. Like, I learned that a scarf was very important and you could wear shorts and you could wear you know, a jacket, but mm-hmm. it, was, it was actually overdressed yes. for, for Ann Arbor.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and I think for my kids, it's really cool to watch that so my girls are um, nine and seven, mm-hmm. uh, and are in elementary school at Ann Arbor Open, and they it does not the kids show up in all sorts of stuff, and mm-hmm. they don't get ridiculed for it. Good. There's 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 zero. They don't care. Yeah. Pajama Day is celebrated like I think most kids really enjoy Pajama Day, mm-hmm. but there are days where kids are wearing their pajamas yeah. and on, on a normal day,
2: and I think it's good to encourage children to express themselves however they want yeah. to. Do you have yes. kids? I have a daughter who's just turned three. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs>
1: Yeah, when we um, when uh, when we moved here, my uh, so my husband goes to U of M, mm-hmm. uh, is on the faculty at U of M, and I um, had the benefit of the career placement department through mm-hmm. the provost office helping me just kind of figure out like what. Um, what the landscape was for me professionally mm-hmm. here. And I was consulting with families with infants that were going through a medical event at the time. Yes. Um, and so I was getting to see what the resources are here for families mm-hmm. um, and those especially with young kids. And as a mom of a two and three year old when we were moving here, it was like, wow, this is a great place to raise yes. a family. Um, but I also really loved culturally what's available to adult and mm-hmm. just imagining us putting roots down here. Mm-hmm. I get, I get giddy excited and I would like stomp my feet into the ground and be like, I, wa- I wanna get rooted yes. here.
2: Yes, um, I understand that completely. Yeah, so learning about Engage, which I had not heard of before talking to you, being connected with you,
1: da-da-da.
2: yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm really interested in in what you do. I have always loved connecting people mm-hmm. that may not meet otherwise, I'm actually responsible for four marriages. One ended in divorce, uh, so my batting average is only offs. 750. But yeah. I'm still very proud of that fact. Uh, but I, yeah, I'm I'm curious about your organization. Can you tell me more about sure. what you do?
1: Sure. Uh, so, um, so engage um, is intended to help people meaningfully diversify their network, um, and we do that through some really highly facilitated moments mm-hmm. uh, and sometimes that's an event and sometimes that's an introduction and sometimes that's a program that we're running. So it's two years old um, and uh, I am a connector, like mm-hmm. you just kind of described, was something that I naturally do. So mm-hmm. after I moved here, because we have a lot of people who are transient in the community, um, I had met some really amazing people who were willing to let me be my messy, imperfect self. Uh, and they wanted to befriend me and essentially like t- they took ownership for a minute over what my problem was or who what i wanted to do and they introduced me to people mm-hmm. and and that was really big especially because i am that kind of person that was so impactful for me mm-hmm. um so when so um <laughs> so so initially when we moved here i was consulting with families mm-hmm. and infants and then i was diagnosed with depression and ptsd uh, my daughter had leukemia as an infant mm-hmm. and so i finally was able to fall apart because i knew this was the community that we were gonna end up in and stay in. Mm-hmm. And I finally could learn how to breathe. And so meeting those people who cared about me and were willing to introduce me to the people that I needed to get where I wanted to go in life,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, and, and whatever that w- life looked like in Ann Arbor was really, um, it, it, meant, uh, it meant access to things I didn't think I could ask for. Mm-hmm. Uh, it meant awareness of opportunities that I didn't know existed. So I was introduced um, to Ann Arbor Spark um, and uh, one of their team members um, didn't follow up as fast as she wanted to and after we had met for coffee and she apologized and said that their event manager had left and so they, they were a little bit up in arms. I was like, well, if you need somebody to plan your parties, I'm happy to come and like, do, do that for you. I just hosted 80 people at my house on purpose because I was just trying to like, find all the friends. Mm-hmm. I was just like, come in, come in, come in. Um, so I worked for Spark for a little bit and they helped me get really well connected in tech. Mm-hmm. I ended up working for a tech company and in a community engagement role. That allowed me to ask my introverted, stereotypically primarily introverted software developer colleagues, and then all the people that I was meeting, what if it ceased to exist in Ann Arbor would make you sad mm-hmm. due to lack of resources. Uh, and so I got I got even further into what was happening in the nonprofit sector mm-hmm. and what was happening in in the institutions that people really care about that makes their life rich in mm-hmm. Ann Arbor. So. With that, then I, suddenly, I had a, suddenly had this reputation of having moved to the area, landing a good job, and, uh, and being someone that people could ask for advice on how to do that because we are this highly transient population. So I was kind of already acting as a connector as somebody who was new mm-hmm. to the area. Um, so I saw this problem of we had this really intimate, small town feel with all of these resources, both in the arts, this like mm-hmm. institution of Ann Arbor, arts and culture, whether you're a, you know, a kid or an adult, we have this higher higher education institution. So we have these really educated individuals that are looking to build things and be a part of the solution for their community. But it's really, I almost describe Ann Arbor as this, like in its awkward stage of like one arm is le- longer than the other with this adolescent stage of like high growth in the tech sector, but then mm-hmm. in these institutions of, of, of the arts. And so all these people that I were meeting were looking for Uh, perspective outside of their slice of life Mm -hmm. and there wasn't anything that they could go to to figure to have those conversations or figure Mm -hmm. out what was happening so uh, when I left my former employer I talked to spark and I said hey there's this idea that I have that's gonna help accelerate companies and amplify the voices of the people in town Mm -hmm. and attract talent to the area and retain Mm them Um, do you think that this is right thing for me to do and will you will you help? And so they've been a primary supporter for us and and introduced me to the connector program in Canada that functions as a way okay. to help newcomers to a community, mm-hmm. help get connected mm-hmm. into the area. So most of what I do is have meet people like you and yeah. I are doing and talking about what makes life fulfilling for you and your community and, and help showcase that to people who would not have found that on their own even if they had LinkedIn Hustled mm-hmm. and, and looked for like the specific things that they wanted. So, um, so we're a humanized LinkedIn mechanism. Yeah, um, we're teaching people how to have conversations in ways that we've forgotten how to do because we are so tech focused mm-hmm. and only know how to engage on our phones. Yeah, um, or through tech. So it's just it's bringing it's bringing people back to meeting somebody new and mm-hmm. asking them questions as opposed to having to know the answer. Mm-hmm or be f- similar to yeah. them or be yeah. like, oh, I know what you're talking about. Like, can you, can we actually get comfortable with being like, I know nothing about what you do. Could you tell me more? Right, that's so very like, important. H- hearing your story of like, you started as a chemist mm-hmm. and then and then have been able to shift in so many ways. And I think mm-hmm. for people to hear the stories of individuals who didn't have a path that went from like point A yeah. to point B that was straight, but like it, it moved and mm-hmm. how inspiring that is to hear people's, yeah. someone else's someone else's
2: story yeah. I've never had a master plan I still don't know what I want to be when I grow up and I think that's okay yeah <laughs> yeah I'm yeah. just open to to new opportunities and challenges
1: well and uh, one thing you did share with me mm-hmm. uh, when we met before is you you would go couch surfing
2: yes yeah yeah when I first moved to Ann Arbor that's how I, I started building my network here actually um, in cou- Ann Arbor you were couch-surfing yeah well not staying the organization had um so it it was if you're not familiar with it it's for people who travel or like to meet new people whatever um if when you're traveling you could message someone and say hey i'm going to be in boston can i stay at your place this weekend Um, and people will let you into their homes and it was safe there was a whole vouching system and you could see ratings of people (laughs) and feedback and everything i never felt unsafe but Especially here in Ann Arbor, there are a lot of people coming to check out the university for grad school. Um, I hosted people I, from Israel coming to look at the school or one guy from France. He was studying city planning and he took his whole summer to ride his bicycle across the U.S. And he stayed one night at my house and then rode wow. off the next morning. Uh, so you meet all kinds of people. Yeah. But the group also had local meetups once a week mm-hmm. where we'd go to a different restaurant or go... Some activity, whatever, hiking, something, um, uh, once a week. So I got to know the group there. And, it, and it's a group of very open, trusting people, obviously, but with a lot of diversity within the, the group. So I've made some really wonderful friends that are some of my closest friends today. And I actually met my husband on a couch surfing camping trip.
1: And, that's, uh, that's phenomenal.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that's a great origin story. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. So that's been great to, to build my network here. Um, I love having parties and mixing the crowds that I know from different places, you know, from couch surfing, from work, from when I was in uh, business school here, neighbors, and, and watching who talks to who. Yeah. <laughs> and what do, conversations how, they how have. How often do you do that? I uh, used to do it more. Now that I have my, a three-year-old daughter, <laughs> it's harder to, to host as often, but um, I used to do it once a quarter or so.
1: So that uh, that's, I, I would love to have the rest of our entire conversation be about how you did that. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, not that we have to, because um, that's what I'd like to geek out about. Because mm-hmm. putting people who are different together yes. and in a space that they can trust mm-hmm. so that you can actually get them into conversation. Because yes. normally we stay with the people that look like us and smell like us yep. and that we feel comfortable in, and we mm-hmm. evolved as a species to stay in safety yes. <laughs> on, for a reason. Yeah. Um, I, I just had a conversation with someone recently who used to do that mm-hmm. uh, and then realized that actually some of their friends couldn't be in that space very well, so they stopped hosting because they couldn't participate in that. And so mm. who you invite is really hmm. interesting in how many spaces you pull them from and whether mm. or not they can engage with
2: yeah. somebody that's different from yeah. them. Yeah. Well, I think the people who can't probably don't show up to the party in the first place. So.
1: Do, you, do you always do it over food?
2: Yeah, yeah, I always have a lot. Of, not dinner, not like a sit-down dinner, but yeah, yeah, I always have lots of food. Yeah, mm-hmm. Sure.
1: Yeah, when, we, um, when we first moved here, I, I had kind of um, stalked this one Yahoo group just mm-hmm. to figure out like what people were talking about in mm-hmm. Ann Arbor. And when we first got here, I sent out an email it was like here's what my husband does and here's kind of what i do we've got two young kids and if anybody else is also lonely and kind of cool we like to sit in front of the fireplace sometimes and drink wine so if you <laughs> want to join us you do that and there were um, what we ended up doing was hosting a spaghetti dinner every friday uh-huh. so i would make meatballs yep. and pasta and i was just like come bring something or don't mm-hmm. like i don't i don't care but just come and it was yeah. just whoever we met yeah. that week that i would would then haven't we learned like okay we can handle 15 adults and 15 kids cuz they all ended up having like Two mm-hmm. kids, each one of them, <laughs> um, and it was uh, it was phenomenal to me that in Ann Arbor, people were willing to accept that invitation. So, like mm-hmm. almost everyone said yes. yes, and how eager people are to actually mm-hmm. meet someone new mm-hmm. and uh, and to, to find friends. Sure, um, and that doing it over food and in homes is such a natural mm-hmm. thing, which yes. is a very like southern. So I lived in seven different states. Um, mm-hmm. and grew up in Texas and mm-hmm. um, you know, being, being in someone's home or bringing something over to their home was kind of a natural thing and it seems like a, a Southern thing to host like that. Yeah. Um, I don't know what I really thought of the Midwest.
2: The only thing that I found different here is that people take their shoes off when they come into your home and expect you to take your shoes off when you come into <laughs> their home and people don't do that in the South. No, <laughs> that I- That was very, that was what I could not get accustomed to.
1: I wasn't sure if that was just like a, an evolution in adulting that like we all realize you know it just is a little bit easier to clean up if we don't track stuff I in assume it's or if because it was the a salt
2: in the winter i don't know <gasps> oh yeah and that they just keep it going year-round
1: why not <laughs> yeah uh we learned to take our shoes off in california because we couldn't track in dirt for my daughter oh, and so yeah. when we moved here to not have to like we liked the fact that then we didn't track in leaves mm-hmm. and so the fact that everybody was already doing it we felt a little bit less alien because mm-hmm. it was sure. the thing that sure there you do <laughs>
2: Mm. Another group that I'm involved in that is very accepting and welcoming and, and celebrates diversity is the Burning Man community, mm-hmm. which is very much alive and well in Ann Arbor specifically, but really had, anywhere these know. days. Yeah. Uh, there's there's a group that I camp with. Um, they do go to Burning Man. I haven't been to Burning Man with them, but Lakes of Fire is a regional Burning Man burning man event next week which has a lottery ticket system now and I wasn't able to get tickets this year unfortunately Uh, but I have a lot of friends that are going next week but it's cool because it really is all ages all different skill sets but whatever you can bring to the community to to um, help it live and grow it's welcomed so I I am a very organized person and in the past i have run the kitchen for our camp and i did all of the meal planning grocery shopping everything uh, for four breakfasts and four dinners in the middle of the woods for 80 people Um, so and that's what i could contribute and it's very much appreciated by 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 the group but others are extremely Artistic or it can do all the electronics for music and sound, mm-hmm. which I know nothing about mm-hmm. uh, So it, it's really cool to see what everybody can bring mm-hmm. bring to the group. Mm-hmm. Yeah And one of the principles of Burning Man is radical inclusion So including everyone mm-hmm. and participating to uh, Supporting the group
1: are there people that don't actually know what they can contribute or how it can work? Yeah
2: sometimes it can be intimidating for people to, to come into a group You know, a lot of people have known each other for many years, but there are always people that try to help uh, bring them in and and make them feel more comfortable and show them how they can help, you know, hold up the structure while I'm nailing in, you know, other pieces of wood, whatever. Um, So everybody can contribute in some way.
1: I think, um, I don't know if it was just unique in who I met early on, but I think one of the things about Ann Arbor that made me feel so at home is that almost anyone that you meet is willing to have coffee with you mm-hmm. at least once, mm-hmm. uh, regardless of how you got introduced yeah. or, or where where you came from. And so that, I guess I'm comparing this to like, you've got the Burning Man mm-hmm. group. And so the people who opt into that kind mm-hmm. of co like community yeah. understand how to do that, mm-hmm. um, how you're expected to participate, what you're supposed to bring to the table, what you can expect from other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, as I've been building and involving Engage, I, I'm amazed at how many people are looking for that kind of yes. opportunity. And they don't realize that anybody, that there are other people that also want to have that kind of a mm-hmm. participatory role or to be able to contribute yeah. to their community. And so just being able to Find to find my role, like what what can my role be in my community overall? Mm -hmm. I find I find this huge. um, Every person that I have met that I've talked to about engage as looking for this like outlet for it, and like I don't know that I could ever go to a Burning Man. Similar to like, have you have you been participating since you had a kiddo? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like a big thing to do. No. (laughs) (laughs) No.
2: (laughs) I want to wait until she can tell me what she needs. You know, I need a nap. I'm hungry. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she can't quite figure out what Yeah. yeah not yet. <laughs> She's yeah. not there yet. But she will be. So I we, think it's it's intimidating for adults, you know, if you meeting somebody at the grocery store and, you know, this person's interesting, it feels weird asking, "Would you like to get coffee sometime?" you know, even Yeah. It's uh, like a, it,
1: it's like, "Do you want to go on a second date?" Like, we just right, met. "Do, you, do right. you want my phone number?" "Do you, right. <laughs>
2: you, you want to do this again?" Exactly. Yeah. It's hard. So that it's yeah wonderful that you've created that space where yeah well
1: one of the programs we run actually randomly pairs people
2: every Ah. three weeks so
1: anybody who's a member yeah um every three weeks we randomly pair them so on purpose it's not supposed to be like oh you're a ceo and you're a ceo so Mm -hmm. you two are on the same power level in town and so therefore you should meet so it's entirely intended to just help you diversify over time okay and so i hopefully they actually aren't alike at all but you get that kind of longer term longer conversate deeper
2: conversation mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um so what do they you just send each the two people's profiles to each other and they can connect on their own email or or does it actually set up a yes. meeting or what it doesn't set up a meeting okay. for them. like
1: they they get to you know pick their time so yeah. so uh the primary event that we run every week helps them meet. So it's called Engage Over Coffee. Yep. Uh, and I give them a prompt and mm-hmm. every 10 minutes they're charged to go meet two new people in the room uh-huh. that they haven't ever met before. So okay. everybody feels awkward at the same time. Yep. And it's basically like speed dating because yep. you don't get a whole lot of time to talk. So mm-hmm. it helps you move faster through meeting mm-hmm. people that maybe you don't want to have another conversation with, but you often are kind of like, I kind of dig you. Yeah. You're like maybe we should have another conversation. But mm-hmm. so before they leave, then they will meet up with that person again and be like, let's do that.
2: Yeah, that copy. that's definitely like speed dating.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we give them we give them a prompt uh-huh. uh, so that they can get into those deeper level conversations faster mm-hmm. and they don't have to worry about, they're not reintroducing themselves every yeah. time. Um, and so for people who have learned how to engage the way that engage engages, mm-hmm. then it's easier for them to have this totally random conversation. And actually we had, um, we had one couple, two people who were paired up and it's uh, an app in, um, so we use Slack for just yeah, membership sure. uh, communication, okay. um, which I learned about through the tech community. And um, and there's a uh, a bot that you can put into channels called Donut, and Donut can do random pairings within a sub-channel within Slack. Ah. And so if they've joined that sub-channel because they have availability right now, then every three weeks they will get randomly paired and they'll get a direct message that says, hey, you two, go get Donuts. Okay. Or a cup of coffee yeah. or lunch. Uh, so it allows people who maybe are members but haven't had a mm-hmm. chance to come to one of the events mm-hmm. in a while to still be able to, over time but not too frequently, yeah. be able to just meet somebody hmm. new.
2: Years ago I read that Delta had a pilot program, no pun intended, that was <laughs> <laughs> that would, if you were on the same flight you could opt into a program and they would tell you, you know, hey, you're gonna sit next to this person, here's information about them, so you could have a conversation while you're flying to Tulsa That's or cool. whatever. Yeah. yeah, so we
1: do we do actually run a speed connecting event that puts people one-to-one in front of each other, and mm-hmm. we do have kind of the profiles that they've submitted to me about what makes life rich for them, mm-hmm. where they lose time, um, what people come to them for, so we put that in kind of a, a summary so mm-hmm. that they don't, when they have four minutes to meet each other quick and have a quick conversation, they don't have to restate who yeah. I am, what I do, yeah. what I care about, which nobody actually really wants to give a pitch of themselves mm-hmm. because they don't want to sound like they're bragging. So we kind of do that work for them. Yeah. Um, Wonderful. And then they, yeah, rapid fire.
2: I'm going to have to join. Okay. <laughs> 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 I'd love to see you there. Yes.
1: It's a, it's a lot of fun.
2: Great. Uh, I, th- I think we're getting close to time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we'll continue to converse after this point in time. It's been wonderful meeting you on the stage. It's been been,
1: been fun to meet you on the stage, recorded and live in front of people. (laughs) There's no one I'd rather do it with. Aww. (laughs) I like you too. The magic of Tech Trek.
0: So can I just ask a question then? You guys both us a little bit about. And I'm Phil with Spark. Sorry, I'm just a random MC throwing on here. Well, I
1: only mentioned your name three times during the it's perfect. The recording, yeah. <laughs> so can you talk Brilliant.
0: maybe maybe one question? You guys talked about um, ways that you had to sort of curate, trying to find people that otherwise wouldn't interact with each other and mm-hmm. bring them together. Do you feel like that's a skill that you can learn over time, or is it something that you guys both emerged realizing that you had to do? Like, what was that? Seems like it was both kind of a realization for both of your your paths here.
1: Do you get to do it very often?
2: I do, um, but I, I'm contemplating the question of whether it can be learned over time. Yeah. I don't know. Are you familiar with, with disk or different? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think there are people that are naturally mm-hmm. inclined towards it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure some, some method of connecting could be learned over time, yep. but.
1: So with the connector program that we run, um people who people tend to self-identify as a connector. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are already in the habit of meeting people for coffee and introducing them to people because other people see them sure. as a connector and somebody that they trust. So mm-hmm. they're they've practiced it. Yep. Um I think that there are skills mm-hmm. that we can always continue to develop. So mm-hmm. how do you help that person that you're meeting articulate what they actually really need help mm-hmm. with or are wanting so that can help them mm-hmm. meet whomever it is that they need to meet. Um, so I think a lot of it is an intrinsic drive and value yeah. and that like I like to do this. This makes me feel like I'm contributing to my community mm-hmm. and the people around me and that when I die people will have felt like I was I helped them get somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and but I think that there's a lot of there's a lot to say for experience in doing mm-hmm. it and meeting different people and being able to understand what diversity means sure. and meeting somebody who's different than you that needs that you have to bend your mind in a particular way to go who would actually get this person in a particular mm-hmm. way that might bend their mind to figure out actually maybe what you really need isn't x but if you had a conversation with this person they might even kind of open up your mm-hmm. perspective and knowledge about what opportunity mm-hmm. might look like for you mm-hmm. so um, i think there's a lo- there's a lot of both
2: yep.